scripture was coming to my mind as they were singing. First John, this ain't the message. I'm just going to give you this verse real quick as I was thinking while the ladies were singing. The Bible said in First John 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The Bible teaches us we're to come out from among them and be separate, thus saith the Lord. And, and I, I constantly thank Brother Gene at the, 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 the moral decline that we've got in our nation, that we've got in our churches, that we've got in our homes. Uh, it just gets worse and worse all the time. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Things the world's just going to continue to degrade and uh, just get worse and worse. And worse, but I'm thankful that Brother Gene, one of these days, one of these days, I'm not going to be here when this world's on fire. One of these days, I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, and the things of this world are going to be past and gone, and I'm not going to have to worry about what's going on here anymore, Brother Shane, because I'll be in the presence of an almighty God and the Son, which come to take away the sins of the world. And I thank God for that. I've been blessed. I appreciate the blessings that the Lord has given me on this side of eternity, but we've not yet begun to understand. We've not yet begun to be able to comprehend what He has done for you and what He has done for me. And so I appreciate, no doubt, the blessings of the Lord this morning. But more than that, Brother Gene, I'm excited to know that one of these days when this life is gone, whether I go by the grave or whether I go in the rapture, I'm going to be with the one who died for me. For all of eternity, if you will, this morning to have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3, I invite you to stand with me for the reading and reverence of the Word of God. Try to give you the thought the Lord's placed on my heart. I don't always preach this way, uh, but this is just the direction that the Lord's laid on my heart. And, and we're going to look for the Lord to do with it what He wants to this morning, okay? 2 Peter Chapter number 3, I'm going to start in verse number 1 and read down to verse number 9. The Bible said in 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 1, this second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, now listen here, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, uh, and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Listen now, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, 
as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, desperately need to help. We've got more of a thought than we've got a message, but this is what you laid on my heart. Lord, you've been working this message in my heart for several days, throughout the night and even up into the morning, Lord, as I struggled with the message and want you to have us to preach. Felt like this is the direction that you were directing us and the way that you were leading us in the scripture. Lord, I ask this morning, Lord, you know who's here. You know what we stand in need of. Lord, maybe this morning we just need to be reminded of some things, but I pray God you'd help us as we stand to preach this morning. I ask you, Lord, if there's one among us lost and undone, someone, Lord, along life's way that runs into this message by way of radio, by way of internet, Lord, that you would prick their heart, bring them to the end of themselves, show them that in the need of a Savior. Pray, God, that you'd draw the sinner to repentance. I pray, Lord, that you would uplift the one that's downtrodden this morning. We'll love you, give you glory and honor. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Lord, help me to get myself out of the way. Lord, just to be a willing vessel, guard my lips of clay, stop my stammering tongue, preach us in demonstration the power of the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, as I was considering 2 Peter chapter number 3, a few points uh, the Lord gave me and allowed me to, to write down a few things, but the first thing I want you to see, uh, the first point that I've got this morning out of these verses of Scripture would be, uh, we will have the scoffers while we are waiting. While we're waiting on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand this morning, there's going to be scoffers. It's not a might be, it's an absolute. There's people today that are mocking and making fun of our religious beliefs. They're mocking and making fun of the church. They're mocking and making fun of the book that we read. They're mocking and making fun of the Savior that died on the cross of Calvary. And that they act as if the Lord is not coming because He's never come before. They act like He's not going to come and rapture the church and take the church home because we've been waiting all these years, you know. Uh, 2,000 years, some give or take, have come and gone since the Lord Jesus laid down His life on the cross of Calvary and bled and died. And for three days we understand that He was uh, with the captive in the heart of the earth. And then He led captivity captive. We understand that. And we know that He rose again for you and for me. I don't serve a dead God. I serve one that laid down his life freely. It wasn't taken from me. He was him without blemish and without spot. And he rose again on the third day for you and for me. And any who would believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we understand that we have scoffers on the last days. We will have. We do have. We're going to have more of them. And as time goes on, there's the crowd's going to get larger that mocks and makes fun of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, they can't argue or mock, the, uh, mock those that die because it's upon them the man wants to die. Everybody's dying. But people today on the face of the earth have not witnessed the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they act as if it's not going to happen. And that I add this morning... But even in the house of God, even in the local assembly, even in the church, we've heard it so much. We've almost gotten cold to it. And we don't act like the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back. But can I tell you this morning, He's going to come back for yet a little while. And He that shall come, will come. And will not tarry, friend. He will come back and get the church. And I thank God for that. We will have the scoffers, friend, while we... 
are waiting. Turn your Bibles quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Try to get my notes here straightened out a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. The Bible tells us, but it is, it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Brother Gene, you don't have a clue. Brother Marvin, I don't have a clue. Brother Shane, we don't have a clue what the Lord's got in store for the church when he comes and takes us home to be with him for an eternity. But I thank God that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed him unto us by spirit. Oh, we've not seen him with our eyes. We've not laid eyes on the glory world. We've not laid eyes on God the Father, but the Spirit, friend, which abides on the inside through the Word of God reveals to me and shows me that there's a day out in eternity somewhere where we're going to lay this old body down, this robe of flesh we're going to drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize and the problems and cares and troubles, friend, and the sin of this world will be gone forevermore. And I thank God for that. But God hath revealed them unto us by Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. People are blind to it, Brother Gene. People are making fun of it. People are mocking it because they don't have what I've got, friend, on the inside living and abiding in me. The Bible said, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. They're using their own intellect to determine that the Lord Jesus Christ couldn't possibly be coming. Jesus was just a man, you know, that, that, that died because they took his life from him. They're viewing him just like the Jew done, you know. Oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth, but not Jesus, the son of David, you understand. Said, uh, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? See, they, they, these people don't understand. They can't understand what the Lord has prepared. We have not seen what the Lord has prepared. But we understand that He has prepared. And He has done something. And He's going to prepare a place for us, you know. And He's doing something. And He's going to come again. He did not come the first time. Had He not intended on coming the second time, friend. He come the first time. That He might come the second time. Thanks be unto God. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him. But I love this. But we have the mind of Christ. Well, I'm not Christ, but I have this blessed book. And I have the spirit that dwells on the inside today. And I'll have you know today free. And they can scoff and they can mock and they can make fun. And they can act like he's not coming back. But I'm looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God today that he's coming. So we will have scoffers while we're waiting. There's no doubt about that. They're going to scoff. The Bible said, 2 Peter chapter number 3, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before the holy prophets 
and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. He said, you better think on these things. Remember, I believe we forget sometimes what we're really waiting on. I believe we forget sometimes what's really going to happen. You know, there's a crowd today that loves this world so much. They're so caught up with the things of this world. They wouldn't give this world up, friend, for the Lord to come back. Because they love what's all around them. Friend, the longer I'm here and the more I see, the sicker I am of it, friend. The sicker I am of the sin. The sicker I am of the lies. The sicker I am of the trouble and the trials that's on this side of eternity, friend. And I'm longing for home. And the longer that I live, the more I want to be in that heavenly land where he is, friend. We will have the scoffers while we're waiting. I want to say this. We will have the sickness while we are waiting. And I don't mean sickness of the bodily kind. I mean, I believe, I believe that the longer we wait, the sicker we are in this world. And we're going to have sickness of this world. And the longer we have to wait, the longer we wait on the Lord to come, and the sicker we get in this world. So I want you to understand there will be scoffers while we're waiting. There's going to be sickness while we are waiting. You turn quickly, if you will, uh, with me to Revelation 22, chapter number 20. Excuse me, verse number 20. Revelation chapter number 22. Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 20. Now let's bear in mind quickly before I read these two very familiar portions of Scripture, passages of Scripture, you find in the very beginning of the book, Brother Gene, that when sin had passed upon man because man had transgressed against God and gone against what God had told him that he was not allowed to do, and he chose to do what God told him, he could not do. We understand that because of that, friend, sin is in the world today and death has passed upon all men because of mankind and the fact that man had sinned in the Garden of Eden. All right, but here's what I want you to understand. What did they do? They hid from God, Brother Marvin. They run, and, and I know this is simple, but boy, this blessed my heart last night and this morning. They were with God. They visited with God. They talked with God. They walked with God in the cool of the day. They had fellowship and communion. And we know that was broken because of what man had chosen to do. We understand that. But here's what I love about Revelation chapter number 22. In the very beginning of the book, we see separation. And we see man trying to get away from God. Adam wasn't trying to hide from Eve. And Eve wasn't trying to hide from Adam. But Adam and Eve collectively were trying to get away from God because they had gone against what God wanted them to do. But we find in Revelation 22 and verse number 20, He that which testifieth these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The very end of the last chapter in the Word of God, John on the Isle of Patmos, as he was writing down and penning the book of the Revelation, we see that he says, even so come Lord Jesus. He was ready, Brother Gene, to see the coming of the Lord. Adam was trying to get away from God. He was trying to get away from God. John saying, Lord, come quickly. You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm just looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking for Him to come and call the church home. Do you know why? Because I'm sick to death of this world. We will have the sickness while we're waiting. For yet a little while, and He that shall come will come. And He will not tarry. That don't mean that He won't tarry long uh, in His coming. 
That means that when the Lord, when the Father looks at the Lord Jesus Christ and tells the Lord Jesus Christ to go get your bride, he ain't going to waste no time, friend, saddling up and coming back and getting the church free. He's going to head on back and get the church uh, immediately. Forget a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's going to step out on a cloud, Brother Gene. He's going to, trumpet's going to blow, and he's going to call the church back free. And he's not going to tarry in doing what it is that the Lord, that his father tells him to do when he tells him to go get the bride. We will have sickness while we're waiting. We're going to have scoffers while we're waiting. We're going to have sickness while we're waiting, but I'm thankful. That when he tells the Lord Jesus Christ to come, he's going to come. He's not going to tarry. He's not going to wait. But he's going to get on the ball and he's going to cut. Then I want us to see while we have scoffers while we're waiting. And we will have the sickness while we're waiting. I want to thank the Lord we will have the Savior while we're waiting. Now we've got the Savior now uh, as we wait on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But even while we're waiting, one of these days, Brother Gene, in the midst of our waiting, in the midst of our hanging on, in the midst of our just going through one more day, that day will finally come. And the time will come when the Father tells the Son to come. And when that happens, in our waiting, the Savior will come. We will have the Savior while we are waiting. Turn with me to John chapter number 14 quickly. John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14, verse number one says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I like this, Brother Marvin. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. When he left, Brother Gene, he left with you and me and mine. And when he comes back, he's coming back with you and me and mine. And I thank God for that. He said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. You know, it's been so long, we've preached so long that he's coming back that uh, people today, this lost and dying world, they don't believe none of it. And the church today has got to a place where we've almost got cold to the point where we don't believe it either. We don't expect him to come. I've heard preacher after preacher say it wouldn't surprise me if the Lord don't come back uh, before I'm done preaching. And I thought to myself as a child, yeah, he ain't never done it before. That don't mean he won't, friend. He's still going to come. It's still going to happen. But I, I thought and I pondered for just a little while uh, on, on this matter uh, of, of waiting and this matter of discouragement. And I, I thought, I never give it a lot of consideration, Brother Marvin. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention uh, to it. I thought about it maybe in passing, but not uh, in this night. But I thought about Abraham. And I thought about those in paradise. And I thought about how long Abraham, because we understand by the shame when we read Luke chapter number 16, that the rich man died, right? And he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. But we know that Lazarus found himself carried by the angels into the bosom of Abraham. And to be in the bosom of Abraham, you know where you hold a baby, Brother Marvin, in your bosom? You know where you swaddle a child in your bosom? I believe we see a picture of Abraham holding Lazarus and being comforted. Now this is not the same comfort, friend, that you find in heaven. 
say, what do you mean, preacher? These people were not in heaven, friend. The Bible teaches us in the book of Revelation, I believe it's chapter number 21, uh, that the Lord's going to wipe away all tears uh, from our eyes. Brother Gene, when we're in eternity in heaven, we'll not be crying tears from the things that happen on this earth, uh, but we'll be in the presence of an almighty God uh, in the one that went and died for us, uh, and there'll be no tears, uh, there'll be no sadness, uh, there'll be no pain, uh, there'll be no hurt, friend, there'll be no sorrow in that land. We understand here that's not the case while this rich man is in the bosom. I mean, excuse me, while Lazarus is in the bosom of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham's communicating with that rich man in hell. There's cries, you know. There's weeping. There's wailing. There's begging for Abraham to do something. Might I say that Abraham could not do because the Bible said there was a great gulf fixed so that we could not go from you to, to they could not go to them and they could not go to Abraham. There was no way that they could travel back and forth across the, the, the this area, friend, in which they were at. You have hell, or hottest, if you will, hell separated with a great gulf between that of hell and paradise. And so I want you to understand that for over 2,000 years, two or 3,000 years, Abraham has had to witness and listen to the cries of those across the great gulf that begged for him. You understand today that the rich man recognized Abraham. He called him Father Abraham. He knew who he was looking at. I believe in my, by reading the Bible that we can say that everyone in paradise, while they waited on the Lord Jesus Christ to come and go to the cross of Calvary and bleed and die and then come and preach Jesus Christ unto them in paradise, that they were hanging on and waiting day after day after day for year after year after year listening to the cries and the torment of those in hell that were begging Father Abraham to send somebody to help in their time of need and their time of trouble. But guess what? Abraham couldn't do it. Can I say to you, I thought about that last night, year after year. We know a day with the Lord is as a thousand. And can I say this? I believe that year after year after year, two or three thousand years, Abraham's in paradise waiting on a promise of the Lord to come, having not yet received the promise, you know. And, how, and this is interesting to me because Abraham was a man that had been promised some things by God. He was a man that was promised some things by God, but on this side of eternity, or while he was on this earth, he hadn't received the promises, Brother Gene. And so I believe he was familiar with what it was to have a promise of God, but not yet to have had it fulfilled for him. And so he's in paradise. And listen, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 11 that he was a faithful man. He was counted faithful. And I believe for year after year after year, he was in a paradise listening to the cries of those in hell who wanted to have a different situation than what they had. I believe it got tiresome. I believe it did. I don't want to sit anywhere. Listen, a baby can cry an hour or two and I can handle it. But all night, friend, my hair's pulled out by the time I get up the next morning. I've listened to it. You ever heard a crouping baby cry all night? It'll drive it crazy and you crazy too. And I believe in my heart that these men were in paradise listening to the begs and the cries and the weeping of those in hell yet were unable to help them. What were they waiting on, Brother Martin? They were waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ to come the first time. You know, we're waiting on the second time as if it's not going to happen. And I believe they waited in paradise and waited in paradise and waited in paradise and waited and waited and waited until they couldn't wait no more. 
And then it reminds us, I, I began to think about John the Baptist. And the Bible tells us and teaches us that he come as a forerunner to that of Jesus Christ. And he come to this earth, you know, to preach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that uh, when he baptized Jesus, you know, behold the Lamb of God, or behold, uh, this is my Son whom I am well pleased. We understand here that, that he preached Jesus' coming. He was a front runner. But I thought about those in paradise. Seemed like, Brother Gene, maybe they didn't know much about what was going on. They just happened to wait it out. Year after year after year. And then it dawned on me as I began to read John chapter uh, number 19. Turn there quickly. We've read this passage of scripture before. But I just want to show you a minute something that the Lord showed me. John chapter number 19 and verse number 26. The Bible tells us, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, Behold thy son. Now there's an exclamation mark right here in the word of God. And Jesus Christ, you understand, uh, is being crucified. He has not yet given up the ghost. But he is concerned a great deal about John and about his mother Mary. And here's what he says. He says, then says he uh, to the disciples, excuse me, verse number 26. When Jesus saw, uh, therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, you know, he had this special relationship with John. He said that his mother, woman, behold thy son. Now this was not uh, the brother of Jesus. This was John, you understand, the son of Zebedee. And uh, so we understand that there's a special relationship between Jesus and John so that John would say to his, uh, to his mother Mary, behold thy son, exclamation point. He was making it a matter of fact. He was being staunch in what he said. He was saying it with some importance. And he wanted the message to get across. Verse number 27. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Now when he said in verse number 27, Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. We also have an exclamation point. So he was staunch in what he said to Mary, and he's staunch in what he says to John, and he wants the message to get across that now this is your son, I'm leaving, and this is your mother, I'm leaving, and you need to take care of her. Why over the Marvin did John need to take care of Mary? Because there's not a doubt in my mind that Joseph has died and passed off the scene. So how do you know? Because we know that uh, Joseph had a revelation of God by an angel of who Jesus Christ was. And he laid up there worrying himself sick, Brother Gene, uh, thinking about how he could put her away privately because of the situation that had come to pass. People weren't going to understand it. But the Lord sent an angel. And the Lord told Joseph, hey, this is my son. And my son is coming by the womb of Mary. And you go ahead and marry her. And you go ahead and stand by her. Because this is my plan. There's no doubt to me that Joseph knew, friend, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. No, no doubt whatsoever. And we understand, friend, that Joseph was that of a carpenter. And Jesus learned the trade of a carpenter. So that tells me, Brother Shane, that on some worldly view, some worldly plane, that Joseph had to have raised Jesus Christ and taught him something. He was an earthly father to that of Jesus. And he understood, and we know that he was a good man. 
a just man because of how he reacted to the situation that was placed on him. But Joseph is gone. Something has happened. We don't know what has happened. We don't know what's going on. We have no idea what has happened to him, but he's not here anymore. But boy, I thought about this. Maybe Abraham was down there waiting. Maybe Abraham was wondering, when is this going to end? When is Jesus going to come? And down the corridors of paradise comes a man. And this man comes to the father Abraham. And he says, I bring good news. This man Jesus in which you wait upon, I was married to his mother. And I thought about John being that front runner you know, on, on earth as he preached Jesus was coming. But I see Joseph being that one in paradise. And I believe that the, 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 the bars of paradise began to rattle free. On, and I believe excitement was in that place because one had come after they'd waited for thousands of years on Jesus to come and said, I see him born. He's on earth. He's come. He's in the land today. He's come to take away the sins of the world. And they knew it wasn't going to be long, friend. They knew, Brother Shane, it wasn't going to be long. We know that Jesus has hung on the cross of Calvary. And he tells Mary here, behold thy son. He tells John, behold thy mother. That it's not long he gives up the ghost. And he tells that thief on the cross, you know, that today you'll be with me in paradise. And I believe in my heart of hearts that Abraham and all those in paradise were excited about the coming of the Lord Jesus. They knew it wouldn't be long. But then I want to say this. They wait a few more days, you know, a few more years. Time goes on. Then one day, friend, they hear the jingle. They hear the jingle of the keys, Brother Marvin. Jesus has died, and he that ascended must first be sinned. And he descended into the lower parts of the earth. And we know that he held captivity captive. He preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I believe they were ever willing and ready to accept what he'd done for them on the cross of Calvary. I want you to know they waited. They waited. They waited and waited and kept on waiting. But a day finally came, Brother Shane. Oh, yes. A day finally come when the Lord showed up. And I want to say this, there's a day coming. We've waited, Brother Gene. We've waited, we've waited, we've waited. And I know to live is Christ and the dies gain. And if the Lord takes me out of here before Jesus Christ returns to bring the church, I know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'll be with Him for all eternity. But I want to remind you, friend, that Jesus Christ has gone to prepare a place and He will come again. Why? To receive you unto himself. That with him, there we will be. Hallelujah to God. And I thank the Lord for that. Oh, friend, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man what the Lord has prepared for them. Well, can you imagine? Can I want to say this too? I thought about this. We know that he led captivity captive. Everyone that was ever in paradise, friend, waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ to come. I believe when they got in the glory world, they said it was worth every moment of the wait. I believe, Brother Gene, they were so happy to be in the presence of God, to be in eternity, that they didn't give another thought, friend, to the things that had been in the past. I want to say this, friend, there will have be scoffers while we're waiting, and there's sickness while we're waiting. But one of these days, friend, we won't give a hoot what used to be because we'll be with the one that died for us. And I thank God for that. 1 Thessalonians 
Turn with me to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter number four. Verse number 13 said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain, and the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, but with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Friend, he's coming back. Let me, let me, let me continue on here quickly in Second Peter chapter number 3 as we try to wind down here this morning for just a few minutes. Verse number 4. The Bible said in 2 Peter chapter 3, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Now listen to me here. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. You know, they're making fun of his return. And we, we will have scoffers in the last day, and they are making fun, and they're making fun today. But I want to caution you this morning. They act as if this ain't real because Christ has not come. They don't realize that while they're scoffing and making fun of the Lord having not come back and the church believing that he would, that they're the very reason that he has not come back. You say, oh, he ain't come back because his prophecy's not been fulfilled. Oh, yes. Everything's been fulfilled that has to be fulfilled for the Lord to come and bring back the church. But the one thing, friend, that's keeping him from coming back and taking the church is the very scoffers that are mocking and making fun that Jesus Christ has not come and he will not come. The Bible said in verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. It's ignorance today, friend. That one day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But is long suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. You know there's going to be a day friend when he does come back that all the scoffers. And the mockers that said he wouldn't come back because he hadn't come back are going to be wishing that he wouldn't have come back. Because at that point, friend, it's all going to be over. Now listen, friend, when he calls the church home, we're at the end of the matter. And you do understand that there will be a second, a second coming. I'm not talking about the return. I'm not talking about the Lord stepping out on the clouds in which he does not touch down on earth. 
He calls us up, friend, to be with Him in the clouds. But there will be a second coming. And that second coming, He will come and rule and reign for a thousand years on this earth. And I want to read to you Revelation chapter number 6 for just a moment, understanding here that this is the second half of the tribulation period. Said, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. This is Revelation chapter number 6, verse number 12. Said, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Listen, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, you know, the ones that, uh, that gloried in their greatness, the ones that gloried in their riches, said, and the chief captains, those of hierarchy today, friends, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man. Brother Gene said, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Well, Brother Shane was, I was about to just have a spell this morning when Brother Shane was in Psalms 103 talking about the mercies of God. But we understand that his anger will not always be held for it. It said, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. There's no one today that would want a pile of rocks to fall on them and mash them flat and kill them. But there'll be such fear in that day, Brother Gene, of the one, the Father, God in heaven, that the Bible said and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. What is this? The Lamb is the one that come to take away the sins of the world. The, the, God the Father hasn't told uh, God the Son to come and take the church home because He's what? Second Peter 3 says because He's long-suffering friend. Not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. But He's more friend than just grace. He's more than just mercy. He's a God of judgment today free. And the Bible said and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The, the wrath will come of the Lamb, friend. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? Friend, the rocks, they'll cry for the rocks. Why? There'll be an earthquake like never before. Now, I want, you to, I want you to notice something with me. Or, or you can go home and read this for yourself. Look this up if you want to. But I just thought this was interesting. I looked this up with a shame. I don't know why it came to mind. Just something that crossed my mind. But I looked it up. And this, it varies from year to year. But on an average, on an average, 63,000 deaths occur a year globally to earthquakes. That's a lot of people. You take that average over a hundred years, do you know what that equivalates to? That's 6,300,000 people have died by earthquakes in a hundred years. But we've not yet seen an earthquake like we're going to see in Revelation chapter number 6 when they cry for the mountains and the rocks to fall on them because they want to be hid from the wrath 
of the Lamb, friend. What are you saying? I'm saying I thank God that I got in on the grace and the mercy and I escaped the judgment of God. And I want you to understand, friend, today's the day of salvation. If you've never accepted Him as your personal Lord and Savior, you better do it, friend, because He will not always hold back. There is a day coming. Oh, He's not come. You can mock and you can laugh, but you better thank God today, friend, that He has not come. Because when He comes, it'll be over, friend, and your opportunity and your chance will have been squandered and wasted. But today, while He's not yet come, friend, you better call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ while you've got an opportunity today, friend. Listen, Abraham waited a long time but Abraham was faithful. And Abraham waited. Listen, just like I believe Joseph when he came down the corridors of paradise and said, I'll tell you of one named Jesus of Nazareth. I've seen him. Jesus, the son of David. Jesus, the son of God. I believe they were looking at some things. They heard a word that encouraged them. And I can see in the word of God that he's coming. And I don't believe for a second, friend, that he's going to wait when the Lord tells him to come, when God tells him to come get the bride, that he's going to wait a second. He'll be gone, the trump will sound, and we will, friend, go to where he's at. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those that remain, friend, will be called up with him together to meet him in the clouds. And there we will be with him for all eternity. I want to ask you, friend, are you, are you, are you discouraged this morning that he's not going to come? Well, listen, I'm sick of this world. I'm sick to death of this world. There's going to be scoffers in the last day. There's going to be sickness in the last day. But listen, in the last day, there will be the Savior. And I thank God for that. He's coming, friend. But I want, you to ask, I want to ask you a question. Is He coming for you? See, He's coming for me. If you've been saved by the grace of God, friend, you don't have to worry about what happens after this is over. I'm not taking away from prophecy and I'm not taking away nothing from the book of Revelation. And I believe we ought to preach the whole counsel of God. But there's a lot that's going to happen in the book of Revelation, Brother Shane, that ain't going to matter much to me. Because it's not going to be pertaining to me. Because I'll be with Him forever. But listen, if you ain't been saved by the grace of God, you better be concerned about those things, friend. Because hell's going to be your home. And I want you to know that the rich man was sorry that he couldn't get Abraham to do anything for him because he squandered and wasted his opportunity. So you better come today, friend. But I want to say this to those of us that are saved. As the pianist comes, plays a verse of invitation. Softly, let's all stand to our feet this morning. The Bible tells us in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Boy, I find myself getting that way sometimes. I just get troubled. I look at the world and what's going on. I get anxious for the Lord to come back. Then I think about John 14. The Bible said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. Or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, he's not here, Brother, uh, Brother Shane. But he left the comforter. And he had to go so the comforter would come. And I feel His Spirit on the inside. And I commune and fellowship with Him because of His Spirit. But He's gone. And why did He go? To prepare a place for you and to prepare a place for me. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's coming. I'm waiting on it. I'm expecting it. It's going to happen. And receive you unto myself. Boy, I'm glad He's not just coming again. I'm glad he's just not coming out on a cloud to make an appearance so that we can all say that we've seen Jesus Christ. 
but He's coming and those that are saved and have His Spirit on the inside, He's coming to receive you unto Himself. That where I am, well, there's separation right now in a physical sense. Not in a spiritual sense, but in a physical sense, I'm separated from God. But I won't always be separated from God because where I am, there ye may be also. Friend, I'm asking you this morning. He's coming. He's not come yet. Are you, are you mocking? Are you scoffing? Are you uh, of attitude that this is all just a big game, just a big joke? Uh, nothing's going to come of this? Friend, I'll tell you, one of these days, if you have that attitude, you're going to lift your eyes in torment. And if you wait and you do happen to live until the Lord Jesus Christ comes to take the church, you're going to find yourself, friend, in a situation one of these days uh, where the, the judgment of God is going to pass upon this land. You're going to be sorry you didn't accept Him while you had the opportunity. You need, to, you need to accept Him while you've got the opportunity. While she plays, I want to read you something quickly in the book of Matthew chapter number 24. If I can find my place here. Matthew chapter number 24. Bible said in Matthew 24 and verse number 30, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of no were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Till the day that no entered in the ark, people just living life like they always have, mocking the Lord's coming. And knew not until the flood came. Boy, they didn't realize until the flood got here of the judgment of God. Do not wait, friend, until the judgment of God gets here. Said, knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, but one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye all so ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. There's an hour from there's a time there's, there's people that think he's not coming. But had the thief known that the robber would come and wreck his household at a certain time, what would he have done? He'd have been ready for it. What are you saying? I'm saying this. The Lord's going to come like a thief in the night. And he's going to come to take the church home. And you better be ready. Because if you're not, friend, hell will be your home. And there will be an eternity of torment. Let's all bow our heads this morning. No one looking around. I wonder if there'd be one in the building this morning that might say, Preacher, I, I need prayer. I've never been saved by the marvelous grace of God. I need to be saved. I want to be saved. Would you just slip your hand up? Let me say this this morning. No one's come to you. No one will uh, bother you, call you out. We will not embarrass you. We do want to pray for you. Would there be one that just say, Preacher, I need to be saved. 